If 2020 was summed up in a football match, it would be Rushton and Diamonds away. But 2021 can only get better. We've got Barry Swain kicking off the January interviews. We've got Barry, then we've got Ollie Bayliss, Kane Smith and Leif Youssef. What an unbelievable lineup that is uh, for the first month of 2021. Barry, you're Absolutely. in your home studio uh, here on the Zoom call. Marek's alongside us virtually uh, as well. Barry, thanks so much for joining us. Absolute pleasure, guys. Absolute pleasure. Uh, and Marek's here as well. Thank you, uh, Marek. First podcast of the year. Absolutely. Yeah. No, first anything of the year, really. I've only just sort of recovered. <laughs> I've still yeah. got a bit of a headache, you know, after New Year's celebrations. But it's all good. We're raring to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, Barry, starting with you, did you have a good Christmas and New Year? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. A bit weird. But I got out of going to the in-laws. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> good happened. I was actually, I, I, had, I was ill over Christmas, just before Christmas. I, I just about recovered by Christmas. And I, and I feared that I might have the coronavirus, but I, I'm pleased to say I tested uh, negative and it was just a virus. But other than that, um, after a couple of days of being quite ill, um, I'm, I'm back to normal now. So, yeah, it was a good Christmas. So. Busy time normally for commentators, isn't it, over the Christmas period? Was it, was it the same for you this yeah. year? Yeah, not quite as busy. Um Boxing Day, uh, I was lucky enough to do Arsenal against Chelsea. Um, Great game. Down at TalkSport. So that was that was nice. Um, but other than that, I think I had one other game between Christmas and New Year. So it's and a few other little bits and pieces. Um, but not as busy as I would have liked it to be, but busier than a lot of people have, have, have had it. So I'm, I'm quite lucky in that respect. I mean, 2020 as a whole, a, a really a year like no other. And you must have been so relieved when it was Project Restart to get back commentating again. Yeah, it was. After, what, three, four months of homeschooling with a six-year-old and a, and a oh. three-year-old. <laughs> Very fun. <laughs> it was it, not pleasant. Not pleasant. I, I'll never be a teacher. Um, so, yeah, just to get out of the house, I think you go stir crazy. It looks like we're going to be in for a little bit more of that, but um, hopefully there's there's light at the end of the tunnel with, with the vaccines and that. But, yeah, it was nice. The project restart was was a, was a blessing um, to get the call and say, can he come in and do this game? And, yeah, it was it was great to, to be able to get a few Premier League games in over the summer. A bit weird, um, travelling down wherever I went, mostly in the studio, to be honest. They didn't like us going to the ground, so mostly in the studio, into London, which was... Very, very empty and very, very eerie. But, you know, it's, it was just nice to get out of the house. Yeah, it must have been. I mean, does it make any difference to your commentaries when it is behind closed doors and that lack of atmosphere? <laughs> I'd have thought so. It didn't really for me, and it's still going on. Wow. Um, sometimes you get those fake sounds in your, your ears, those fake um, crowd noises, which are a little bit off-putting because someone could shoot into the side netting and a cheer would come out and you have to yeah, yeah. twice to actually go in. Um, so we're better off without it. Luckily, talk sport so. try and turn it off wherever they can, which is great. Um, I'm kind of used to it because I've done all sorts of commentary, um, non-league, I've done games before with, with very small crowds, so I'm kind of used to not having to rely on 30,000 people cheering in the background. So I, I was probably more prepared than most of the commentators for that. And, and I'm carrying on now. It doesn't really make much of a difference to me. It does steer you in the right direction, having a big, mm. big crowd um, as part of it. But, you know, if you're at Villa Park and there's 10 people and uh, 15 substitutes and a few of the technical staff and the cameraman and that's it, that's what it is. You know, there's no noise. More listeners for you as well, I suppose, because that interest in football really did come back when we had three months off. 
Yeah, it, it did. Um, yeah, I'd imagine so. I, I don't know that because where I am working, my my work for Talksport is predominantly overseas anyway. So it's big in America. It's big in the likes of Kenya and Ghana and Africa and and all around the world. So it's difficult to gauge those listening figures because the the audio is is going to so many different points in so many different places but i would imagine it probably did um lift the, the viewing figures quite substantially i would have thought can i can i just, Marek, can I just say yeah, freddie sorry can I, can I just say mate that i think i can hear some heavy breathing going on mate and <laughs> down the yeah. it's like quite prominent in my headphones so i don't know if you want to just sort of pull your microphone away from your mouth a little yeah, bit yeah. because it was it was it was i thought you meant me <laughs> <laughs> no no I, it's, it's definitely freddie i can see him we can edit bits out yeah, yeah we can yeah sorry freddie you were saying before i rudely interrupted well, I was wondering if you had a question that we go back in with now. Absolutely. Um, well, I, I mean, Freddie and I were talking earlier on about um, the TV commentary guys and how they can get away with every 20 minutes sort of going Salah, Mane. It's very, very different uh, from radio commentary, which, of course, has to kind very of paint different. a picture for the, for the, um, for the listener. Um, have you ever done any TV commentary or, or what's your opinion yeah, yeah, on I've that? Yeah, I've done all the I time. Mean, I'm, I'm what do you prefer? I'm uh, such on... Uh, Sunday this week. I'm I'm very lucky. I've I'm doing the um, the women's championship, which is the second tier of women's football this year. I'm, I'm doing Brilliant. a lot of their games. I'm the voice of the championship Wicked. this year. Um, luckily, in the right place at the right time for me. Uh, and they started streaming games um, a few weeks before Christmas. Um, so they sent me up to country against uh, country United against Leicester, which was nine one. Was it um, <laughs> so that two? Was a baptism of fire. The, the biggest score, apart from that, in the championship this year is it's been like three nil, four nil. It's not been that many um, high scoring matches. I got a nine one, so that was quite interesting. Uh, yeah, sorry, who uh, won that? Who won that one? Uh, Leicester City. Leicester won it nine one. Okay, so they're a good side, Leicester, and um, you know that they're. they're, they're the top of that, um, we might come back onto the, the women's football a bit more later. But the, yeah. the, the question you're asking is, is television commentary um, with the, the guys on Match of the Day? Don't get me wrong, they're very good commentators. Of course. One from the other, quite often I can't distinguish, and I've met half of them. Um, <laughs> you know, until I, until I hear Gary Lineker say who the commentator is or the, the, the name comes up on a screen, it's very difficult to tell one apart from the other. And they mm. will have. The, and I know how it works and most people don't know how it works but I've never worked on Match of the Day but they mm. would um, a lot of what you hear them say they would throw in before or after which is just a little one-liner yeah um, uh, and, it, and at the end at the, at the end they'll cut off at about 10 minutes of the game to go and suddenly uh, they'll say oh Liverpool 3 Crew Alexandra Neil, whatever the game is yeah. um, and it's, boom, it's gone and that's, it's edited so half of it's thrown in afterwards so they'll probably be there for an hour after the game re-recording things you never hear them make a mistake if they do they've got the luxury of being able to re-record that because sure. their mouthpiece is on a separate um record so the so the ambience in the background when there was a crowd there obviously there's not at the moment mm. so in a, in a way it's um it's very fabricated but having said that television you're noted for your mistakes as we're on radio you know if you guys or if i and Believe me, I do it all the time. Oh, you so call the we. wrong name, no one's going to know. No one's going to know. Ah, just carry on. And sometimes you correct yourself. Why did I correct myself? No sure. one is going to know that I've got that wrong. Yes. So, um, you know, it's easier to make a mistake on television, but it's also easier to commentate on television because you can shut up for three or four seconds. And, um, mm. you know, as we're on radio, you've got to keep it going. Um, you know, television, the last television game I did, I'd done Sheffield United ladies uh, against, uh, who did they play? 
Blackburn, um, up at Chesterfield. And it was behind closed doors, and there's literally no one apart from me and the cameraman in the, the opposite stand to where everyone else was. Wow. And about 10 minutes from time, one of the girls went down, and um, it was a serious injury. And mm-hmm. the medical, it was peeing down a rain, it was freezing cold, and erupted. <laughs> that weekend where it just didn't stop raining, and it was freezing. And there's 10 minutes to go, I'm thinking, oh no. And it went on for 15 minutes. So I had to keep talking for 15 minutes. Wow. So I'm like using my phone to find the latest scores, trying to read out a couple of tweets, and here's <laughs> next week's fixtures. I'll tell you what, let's have a look at the weekend after's fixtures. Sure. And you, you, you kind of, for 15 minutes, you, you just keep talking. And that's the worst case scenario sometimes. And it was a television commentary, but it was going out live, it was being streamed live. So I, had to keep it going and the producer did say afterwards, how did you t- keep going? How did you, how did you do that? And I, I don't know, I just carried on. Yeah, it's all I, I was like shaking because I was like, I can leave. I'm thinking this poor girl must be freezing down on this pitch and I think she'd done her um, ACL um, so it was quite a serious injury yeah. uh, and there was like lots of medical stuff and she'd only just come back from a concussion injury so we feared mm-hmm. that it might be a head injury me and the cameraman but we've got no no idea nobody feeding us any information at all from mm-hmm. the club which is not Sheffield United's fault it's just the way it is yeah, at the sorry, moment sure. um, there was just no one around so it was it was very very difficult to and we were thinking it's a it's concussion well it was an ACL couldn't be further than the truth but no. <laughs> you know so you get you get instances like that and it's very very um very very tough on the on the commentator but that can happen in a radio comment commentary and you're still pretty much the same you might be able to throw to an ad break or go back to the studio and the presenter or do a two-way or whatever it's a, if it's a radio show but it's it can be very difficult yeah no, it's interesting what you're saying as well about getting the players wrong because we've got two twins at hitching alex and laurie yeah. marsh and a lot of the time we'll get them mixed up uh, and the guys on the tunnel who row in a fin will go that was actually alex and i'll go mate the <laughs> listeners don't need to know that if they think it's Alex they play in very similar positions they'll but they'll believe what we say but and then a lot of the time as you said you will find yourself correcting yourself but I suppose you just want to do the best job you can because we also know we're you know in non-league football we'll get listeners in the ground who may be a, a first time Hitchin fan they've come to their first game and, mm. and they'll come over and say at the end I remember we had one guy listening he was about two rows in front of us he had it on his phone you thinking what are you doing we're sitting behind you but they will listen and watch and that's almost where you feel the pressure from but yeah it must be so weird in an empty stadium well I would imagine yeah, it's, it's very weird by the way you talk about twins I, in my time obviously I was involved with Hitchin a few years ago there was, <laughs> I think it was Dominic and, and Nick Grime um, I think they were left back and right back and they were absolutely identical um, <laughs> one was actually quite a good player the other one wasn't quite so good but you know they, that was so it's funny how it's, it's kind of evolved and there's a, another set of identical twins playing for the, for the club yeah yeah so um yeah um but yeah it's very difficult i mean listen i don't don't know about you guys but i put on cams the headphones and it doesn't matter who's standing behind me who's listening to me what pressure that's my world and i close myself off from Mm. from everything Mm. and that's just me in there that's my little comfort zone that's my comfort blanket if you like my my cams my headphones and i just just get on with it and you you block out the pressures and just do as best you can that's all you can do is be as, as good as you can be for me, I'm almost more conscious of the people sitting in and around me than all the people listening at home. And I think we had one game at Bedford. Someone sat down in front of us like 15 oh. minutes in and went, oh, the bloody radio are here. Could someone switch them off? And I was almost more conscious of that than whatever people thought at home or whatever people were tweeting in. But but you do just get on with it in the end. And, you have and to also, get on with it. Listen, yeah. you know, you, I've done 1,500-odd games. I need to count them up, really. But it's, it sounds a lot. Yeah. That's over a long period of time. And you're always going to get your criticisms um, and, and people wanting to criticise. And that's fine. You know, you just you, you take that on the chin and you get on with it. Listen, a, a few weeks ago, I was doing I was up at St. George's Park 
um, the comp- one of the companies I work for, uh, they're streaming at the moment uh, a lot of scouted matches, scouting matches, and um, I was I was commentating on the. It was freezing cold. It was one of the pitches without any cover at, at St George's Park, which unbelievable facilities up there, by the way. If you ever mm-hmm. get a chance to go up there, and they decided to play on the pitch that was on the top of the hill on the blowiest, cold, wettest, horriblest day ever. Um, and so I'm commentating on a match at pitch level, which is being streamed out live to all the scouts because the scouts then don't have to travel all around the world to get to, yeah, to yeah. St George's Park. They can watch it online, and there are many hundreds that are watching and parents and everything like that. And one of the subs has come round to me. At uh, about twenty minute mark, and said, "I took took the microphone, I've turned it off." And he said, that "You're getting so and so and so and so the wrong way round." Now, one of them's got number six, and one of them's got number eight, and they're not instantly recognisable sure. numbers on these shirts. And they're on the other side of the pitch, and I'm at pitch level, and they're very, very similar, slight, tall, dark haired players. You're going to make those mistakes, and when someone comes and points it at you, you think. Why? You know, one of the mums that was watching the live stream as text, the manager, <laughs> who sent on one of the subs to go around. And, and you get that and you think, well, OK, you know, you, you're always going to make a mistake because, mm. you know, it doesn't matter how much homework you do. You're never really going to be prepared. You'll never get through 90 minutes without making some sort of mistake. Um, yeah. You've just got to learn to eradicate them as best you can. And that comes with experience. How do you how do you stop yourself from swearing? I mean, that's one of my sort of things where I because I'm I'm one <laughs> of these know. guys that sit in front of the telly and scream blue murder at everybody. Um, you know, yeah, who's not I playing. Am, I am, I'm, I'm always like that. And then on um, radio, all um, of a sudden, you've just got to switch that <laughs> switch that button off. It could yeah, be hard. I don't know how to do that. Um, I just do. I suppose it's a it's a it's a built-in subconscious mechanism that sure. works quite well with me because mm-hmm. I've never apart from the, the time when uh, Danny Shitu was playing for Queens Park Rangers, of course. Um, uh, I don't think I've ever sworn. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you can't. You can't be blamed for that. You just cursed it. Yeah. I, I've come across a couple of um, a couple of a couple of players down the down the years that sound very dodgy. I can't think of them um, <laughs> at, the, at the moment. Um, but yeah, you, you do. It's, it's something that's built in. It's a built built in mechanism. You know, you're not allowed to swear. Yeah, yeah. You know, when when I'm presenting as well, um, which I am on many of the Premier League games i've got a, a co-commentator an ex-pro alongside me so you're you're kind of bouncing off of them and and it just comes naturally that yeah. you, you you don't swear I, I i managed to block that one out my subconscious is doing a good job on that yeah I've, I've, no, i was going to ask you about so, sorry i was going to ask you about some of the co-commentators you've worked with because you must have yeah. had a few different ones in talk sport i mean do you end up developing a kind of favorite one you work really well alongside um no, I think they're all pretty knowledgeable. They see the game slightly different to how I see the game because I'm almost not the expert. Although I've seen a lot of football, I've, I'm following the ball and I'm following the action. And then suddenly, I remember the game that I done Boxing Day uh, Arsenal against uh, Chelsea. Um, I had uh, Kev Watson alongside me, um, former Bishop Stortford manager. Uh, more recently, Ebbsfleet. He was sacked at Ebbsfleet. He's desperately trying to get in, and I know that he's. He's he's looking to get back into football soon, and I know he's on the shortlist for the for the Billericay job. Um, fingers crossed he gets that. Um, but Kev picks up things that I did. It'll go back to oh yeah, but he shouldn't have given the ball away there. He should have tracked down. I didn't think I don't follow who's not tracking and who's not picking the ball up and who's given it away in the previous phase of play. So they're picking up on the things that you overlook 
naturally because you're following the ball and who's got the ball and what's happening here and now because what you want to nail is the, the goal, not, yeah, yeah. not the fact that yeah. someone's given the ball away two minutes earlier. So they then pick up on that. So it works really well. Uh, I've got no favourites. I think they're all very, very good. Um, you know, some better than others, but listen, I, I, I get them with all of them and they're, they're nice guys in general. What would you say is the most difficult thing about being a football commentator? Um, for me... Uh, it's it's nice. It's nice. The higher the level, the easier it is. For example, if I'm doing a Premier League game, my next Premier League game, I can't remember what it is actually. Now it's a week Saturday. I've only given it this morning, so uh, I think it's Leicester Southampton. Um, for me, I know that on the Wednesday or the Thursday, I will be sent a 50-page stat pack with everything I could possibly need to know about that game. Mm. So that's presented to me on a plate. Now, most games that I do a, a lot further down the ladder and it's a little bit more complicated so I've got to give a bit more time to find out a bit more so that I can bring something a little bit different to the delivery of the commentary you know I want I always like to know so even if I'm only voicing over the highlights of a local cup final I want to go out and find something about someone or one of the teams or how they got to the final or they, even if they if scored 23 goals in their two matches to get to the final or whatever I just want to throw that in so it sounds like I know what I'm on about mm. and I'm kind of a stickler for, for for information like that so it's very easy with the with the Premier League but the further down the, the ladder you go and it, and it, with a hitch in town I mean it's, it's probably a lot easier now than it was in my day um, you do get drip-fed information online, but you don't get the sort of information that I get. If I, mm-hmm. if Jamie Bart- Vardy's making his 250th Premier League appearance, I'll know about it. If it's uh, Sanso's birthday, I'll know about it because it will be in that stat pack. Everything right. is there, and, I, and I'm just fed it very nicely. It's, it's, it makes the commentary a lot easier. Yeah, we're lucky. Yeah, if definitely. We, if we get the team. Yeah, different at our level. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, nice one. So, um, when was the last time you was at Hitchin? Um, before the the second lockdown, really. So, I, I saw a couple of games very early in the season. I think I was at the first game of the season against Old Church. Mm, that's uh, the I've one. Been at another yeah, game yeah. since, and I, I can't remember which one it was. But I've been at two or two or three. Um, uh, I missed out on the one just before the last lockdown, so the last game. Uh, I was hoping to get to that, but something turned up in the last minute, so I, I couldn't get there. But uh, yeah, I've only been to a couple this this season so far, which is you know disappointing. Weekends are few and far between, um, but obviously Monday nights are you know they're, they're great. And if we do get back sooner rather than later, then hopefully we're cramming in the fixtures. And there's a lot of Monday night fixtures, but yeah. you know who knows at this stage. I know you've listened to a few of our commentaries. We'd love to get some feedback from you about them. I think they're excellent. I think what you've done is, you know, it's so easy for a non-league club to go and just get a radio station and then someone come along, usually on their own, and just commentate on the game. But you're going that little bit further. There's two of you. You're passionate about what you're seeing. You're delivering it very well. But you're also delivering a show. So you're not putting your microphone down at half time and saying, we're back in 15 minutes. You've got something to keep the punters entertained for the full two hours. And I think that's brilliant. You know, that's a, that's an exceptionally gifted talent that you've got there to be able to do that. That's not easy. No, that's Freddie. Um, Freddie's the man. And, and well, yeah, but I mean, you, you, in, in, you know, the um, you're honest as yeah. well. You know, you're not, you're painting the picture as it is honest. It's so difficult being in a situation. Years ago, I was the, the, the programme editor and the media officer at the club years ago before I left in 2000. So I know what it's like mm. to be that kind of go-between between the supporters 
and the players. If the team lose 5 0 and you're painting it up that they were a bit unlucky, supporters are going to go, What planet are you on? Yeah. But if you're painting it, we were absolutely dire, yeah. then the, the players are going to turn around and say, Well, no, that's not fair on us. We tried our hard. So you're a little bit in that, mm. you know, between a rock and a hard place. It's very easy to be critical. So you've got to be absolutely brutally honest and I think yeah. you, you guys are and you know on top of that you've got the latest scores coming in you've got the tweets coming in and, and you're, you're keeping it flowing and I find it thoroughly entertaining to listen to I listen to quite a lot of commentary when I'm sitting here of an evening I might flick through and, and listen and, and trust me I'm not just because I'm talking to you guys mm-hmm. your your show is is right up there in, in the standards of non-league and, and beyond football league clubs would, would be proud of what you're delivering for Hitching Town right? wow. you should be proud of that thank you very no, much thanks very that. much That's yeah. much appreciated from both of us anyway yeah. but we almost I was saying to Marit before you came in we do almost feel a bit more pressure when you come in and tweet us and we go we go, we got Barry Swain <laughs> from TalkSpot Live we think we've got our up, we've got our, up our game a bit I, but, I yeah. go who's Barry we, Swain we are missing it <laughs> yeah, no, I know you are don't worry well, but Barry where did you where did your passion come from football are you an ex-player are you an ex-manager a bit of both well, Hitching Board and Bread, obviously. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. I have Hitching Board and Bread, and, yeah. and I got involved. You know, I, I was a, I was too small to be a, anything uh, decent. And I was an okay Sunday footballer. Mm. Uh, I played for Hitching Reserves a couple of times, uh, yeah. when they were short. I was in the right place <laughs> at the right time, i.e. I was there watching the game. And you want to go on the Sunday? Get your kit on. <laughs> get, I think I, I made a couple of appearances in like the last minute where I'd come on, and just as i come on, the final whistle blew. But I did play for the reserves a couple of times. And yeah. the under-18s, I remember playing in the um, the FA Youth Cup uh, away at Colchester. We lost about 8-0, I think, at the old layer road. But, mm. you know, so I, I wasn't that good a player. I got involved with Hitchin very young at a very young age, actually, you know, back in the 80s, which were, were great days for the club. And um, mm. I was at the club until 2000 and I still got you know, a lot of friends at the club and an affiliation to a club that, you know, close to my heart, uh, as an age in Born and Bred. And, and that's kind of how I really got into it. And that's how I got into this because I was reporting for Three Counties Radio. And that all that came about really with the FA Cup runs in the, the mid-90s, you know, the Herefords and the Bristol Rovers games. Suddenly I was kind of being thrust a little bit into the limelight and they started coming to me for match reports and, and um, interviews and things like that. And the rest is history and then they dragged me along a few midweek games when Hitching weren't playing they dragged me off in the old three counties car and I don't know if you remember that Merrick from, from those days where his, his car was kind of sat down the side of the the main stand and the aerial went up almost as high as the um I do remember a, a, a big, yeah, a big antenna that? appearing and, yeah, that I do. car I went out in a few of those I've done three games for them and all three ended nil nil Oh and, my God. <laughs> thinking, I'm never going to get a goal. I'm never going to get a goal. So um, that's, that's how it all started for me. And I, I love football. I do love football. Yeah. My dad steered me into it when I was probably about seven or eight and I was starting to get in with the wrong crowds. And, mm. you know, and he's thinking, no, come on, we need to get this guy something uh, to uh, divert his attention. And I immediately fell in love with the game. It was the best thing that ever happened to me in pointing me towards, towards football. Uh, yeah, it's a really good story. That almost kind of similar to ours because that is my ambition at the end of the day is to go on and do stuff like like you do, and we're both yeah. doing it through Hitchin Town Football Club, and it yeah. really does show the power of non-league football. Mm. Yeah, it's a massive, massively powerful tool, non-league football. You know, and you speak to you speak to most of the pros. When I go back to talk sport, and I'll start talking to people. I'm, I was talking to Paul Parker the other week, and we got talking. We're talking about non-league football. You know, and Paul's managed for Chelmsford. He's played the back end of his career, played a handful of games in non-league football. He's he lives in Billericay. He often goes down and watches them. So you know, we're talking, we're talking about um, 
people talking about non-league football. It's it's a it's a big it's a big part of the football pyramid, you know, and a lot of you know the Jamie Vardy story, you know, encapsulates Brilliant. that. I know it's mm. a it's a rarity for someone like Jamie Vardy to go from stock. Bridge Park steals to Leicester City, but he has, and you know, it proves that it can be done. And there are other stories as well. And a non-league football is, is great. You know, if I had the choice, I'd be at a non-league game every week ahead of a, a Premier League game. Obviously, it's what I do, so it's it's not it's not possible. But you know, going forward, that's where I would be on a Saturday afternoon. In terms of Premier League football, have you got a team you support uh, in the top level? Yes, uh, Fulham. I'm a Fulham so fan, not right? not in the top level for much longer. Then I might have to rephrase well, my question. <laughs> <laughs> We're up and down. Oh, we stand yeah. a chance. I think they stand a chance to uh, stay up. I think the bottom two are the bottom two, and they. You've got to get a striker, yeah. mate. Sorry. Mitrovic is a great championship Um, striker, but he can't cut it at Premier League. We saw that last time he came up. He just can't. I I think I think he's carried an injury, which is probably probably the beginning of the end for him. If I'm totally honest, and that sounds brutal, but I don't think he's the player he was two years ago. No, Uh, they desperately need a striker. They're playing. Uh, a silent striker if you like one of those blind strikers they've not really got anyone up front they need to bring somebody in I know that's their priority and yeah. that could well hinge on whether they stay up or not because it's going to be tough I think that bottom two are going to be down very soon yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think Big Sam's going to cut it for, for West Brom and Jelby and and therefore you know that that final place you know Burnley have suddenly started winning games Brighton have dropped into it Newcastle dropped into it yeah. Palace you've got to be careful mm. and it suddenly it's closed up and uh, you know Fulham only need to win a couple of games and and they're um, and they're right up there, so hmm. you know they've got Arsenal soon, so they should pick up three points. Uh, Don't know, I was waiting game. for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even without a striker, I mean, no, no hope of. Uh, we we were just talking earlier on about uh, Costas available, you know, on a free. Well, you never know, do you? Perfect, <laughs> wouldn't they? Uh, Mitrovic and Costa, my word. Well, yeah, that that would be um, disciplinary headache, wouldn't it? I mean, <laughs> yes. uh, so. Yeah, I mean, I, listen. I, I don't know who they're going to bring in, and yeah. you know, it's uh, Gale at Newcastle. He's always linked with with Fulham, but you know, he might be perfect for them. Yeah, I don't um, know what happened to, to Gale. He was he was doing really well. Went to Newcastle, and then all of a sudden, he can't get a game. Yeah, he done it at Championship level, and yeah. when he has got a game in the summer, he got a couple of games, and he he went on a little scoring streak, and he's 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 lost his place again. Now he's down the pecking order. Yeah. They've brought in Callum Wilson, and and he's barely getting a kick. Yeah. Um, you know, it's maybe that that might be the answer. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I think it does hinge on Fulham getting the strikers to whether they stay up or not. But they've yeah. got a, even without that, I think they've got a fighting chance. I think the problem is that everyone's picking up points down to 18th in the Premier League and you know that could cost them in the end yeah which players always seem to excite you when you're commentating on them oh that's a good uh, good question um oh I've got the, the answer's gonna try and run away from my brain at the moment um yeah <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne obviously the, the usual the usual suspects um mm. Kevin De Bruyne is, is, a, is a great player to to watch um you know, I mean, you go through Mo Salah and Mane, uh, Firmino. You know, all the, all those players are great to watch, and yeah. the things that they they do sometimes are um, are exceptional. You know, and you're sitting there and you're party to it, and you know, I I, I commentated on the game last just over a year ago, the the Tottenham against Burnley game when Son run from his own half and scored, and you and you're witnessing it, and this is unfolding in front of you, and I've got the commentary somewhere here. Uh, recorded and it didn't come out too bad actually um but you realize something big's happening here and you know you've got to kind of try and nail this and you're preparing yourself and 
you kind of do get it right. But with with it now, you're not just getting the goals. You've got to get the VAR right. And that's yeah. that's the worst thing. You're shouting a goal. Last week, I shouted a goal. I can't remember what the game was. It was the, I think it was the Chelsea, was it the Chelsea goal that they got late on against Arsenal? Uh, which, oh, there it is. He's saying, oh, no, it's offside. And then yeah, it goes yeah. to VAR and it's given. So they play back mm-hmm. that goal. And he goes, there it is. It's a goal. It's offside. But it's not offside. So it's kind of, it destroys the goal commentary that then yeah. can't be played back. So it's it's a pain in the backside of VAR. I was a fan of VAR when I saw it in the Bundesliga a couple of years ago. Uh, the way it's been executed in this country, I'm probably stealing your next question here. Uh, the way it's been executed <laughs> in this country is is phenomenally bad. Yeah, I think so. I think so as well. It's, it's, it's almost like you say, from a, from a commentator's point of view, it's a, and from a player's point of view, you're kind of sharing a little bit of the of the of the emotion there together, aren't you? you don't can can we yeah. celebrate the goal or can't we? You know, what's what's yeah. going on? And then you get all these dotted lines drawn on the screen, and I've had a couple where it's been wrong, and it's yeah. the, the VAR decision is the wrong decision, mm. and yet they've gone with the wrong decision, and and you're sitting there, and you're talking to the to the the guy alongside you, the co-commentator, the expert, how is that the wrong decision, you know? Mm. And, you know, it's it spoils the game. It does yeah, spoil it does. the game. I mean, if it's going to, it's a good idea, VAR, but it's got to be properly executed. And I think the way forward is not overloading the current crop of assistant referees and referees with VAR, mm. bring in the old boys who are sensible enough and they've got enough experience and aren't know how to be up with the modern game and concentrate on them doing the VAR. And, mm. And you know they they are still going to make the odd mistake, but I, I think there's there's ways and means to when there's three three or four dotted lines on the screen, and it's that narrow a, a margin, then it's, just, r- it's ridiculous, isn't it? Almost you know, it's it's got to be clear and obvious, and they they introduced this clear and obvious, and then they decided to disregard it, and <laughs> you know it's a little bit like the government with the uh, the coronavirus at the moment. They keep you <laughs> turning and changing their minds, so everyone. Has, don't has, know where you stand there, do you? Yeah. They've lost the respect of everyone. And it's a, mm. VR is very similar the to the same thing, yeah. One, one, yeah. one of the things I keep seeing when I'm watching the games, it's almost like two... You normally hear the phrase, 20 years ago, that would have been a foul. And now it's like two weeks ago, that would have been a handball. Yeah. It's, <laughs> re- it's a really strange situation. One other question from me is one of the nightmares of football commentators is pronunciation of players' names. I mean, how do you, <laughs> how do you get around that? Is it just a case of doing that research in time? Uh, yeah, it is. I'm quite lucky, actually. I, I spent 10 years working for um, a company called Perform, who've done a lot of... Um, streaming for the betting companies um, and they'd done games from South America from Holland, Italy uh, Greece, that was fun Greece um, <laughs> you know, even China, Japan uh, you know, South America Mexico, say Argentina and so I'm doing all those games around the world, gradually you're learning the Spanish, the Dutch the way of, the way of um, pronouncing things and i've kind of i can't speak dutch but i can pronounce dutch um like v v v venlo is ve 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 and <laughs> villams two is villams fay and you know all those team names and you kind of get the pronunciations and gradually it becomes second nature i'm quite lucky again with the premier league um and i'm having a bit of a, a balmy at the moment with the wsl uh, over pronunciations uh, they haven't got back to me on my email because most of the big leagues have got their own pronunciation guide um, the, the players all come in front of the camera and say, hi, I'm Wilfred Zaha, or I'm Milivojevic, or whatever. And so they say their name. Uh, but they do say it sometimes very quickly in their own accent, which sounds mm. nothing like, so instead of Milivojevic. <laughs> so, but 
you've then got a pronunciation pack that you work to. And uh, WSL haven't. And I'd done a WSL game the other week and got someone's name completely wrong. And they told me afterwards, I said, well, if you had a pronunciation pack like every other professional league, then you wouldn't have had this problem. Mm. Um, you know, so I think I, um, I upset them a bit by saying that. And was, uh, but, you know, listen, it's, that's that's the way you try and learn it. And what I what I do is if, if I don't get it right, then I get it consistent. So if I'm going to get it wrong, I'm going to get it wrong all the way through. And I might change it at halftime if someone tells me at halftime. It's not Smith, it's Smith. <laughs> whatever I'll, I'll change it without anyone really realizing but it's consistency really but i i've been quite lucky i've that's an education for me that i'm, I'm quite used to the pronunciations and, and i've produced a pronunciation guide for the for the women's championship as well which isn't too difficult because most of the most of the names are straightforward there's not too many overseas players in that level of, of, of the game there are a few but my um, pronunciation guides about 14 players i think in wow. the whole squads I think that's one thing that, that as, a, as a commentator, you learn very quickly that mispronunciation is going to happen and it's just, hey, crack. I mean, my name's Kolodzinski, so, I mean, I get, a, I get a load of them. There's a, an L and an O in there. Even my school teacher, who was an English teacher, couldn't even pronounce it right. But yeah, I think I might struggle with that one, you know. Yeah, it was a K-O-L-O-D-Z. It's the Z that froze you. It's all very well. Getting away from sort of football and commentating and stuff like that, Barry, what do you do to chill out, mate? I mean, obviously, it's a high-tension thing, all this commentating. How do you chill yourself out? I don't. <laughs> I've got two children. One's just come up to three and one has just turned six. So that's kind of, we've locked down as well. Um, yeah, well, yeah. I walk through the front door, they're, they're here most of the time. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's great. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy spending time with them. But that's hard work when you're with them. You wake up in the, like over Christmas, we've had them here all the time. So I'm waking up in the morning, I've got a whole day with the kids and you go to bed at night, put them to bed and, and you're knackered. Yeah. So there is no real relaxation at the moment in my life. So uh, I probably look very haggard. And <laughs> <laughs> so, no, so relaxation is not something that I'm um, key to, but you know, I try and, I try and use my, my evenings wisely yeah. um, and wind down as best I can. Um, but when the kids get older, I'm sure I'll, I'll find a way of uh, reintroducing that to my uh, regime. Okay, I've, I've I've settled for a single malt. That does help, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I do like a nice smoky single malt to sort of just to take yeah. the edge off. Yeah. Well, this well, time has my... flown by. It uh, has, yeah. Been a really good, uh, really good chance to catch up with you, Barry. Anyway, and you, you know, you're always welcome to have a bit of non-league commentary. You know, to turn to if you fancy commentating on your boyhood club, Hitchin. Maybe bring back some old memories. Yeah, maybe one um, day we'll come down and uh, I don't do. want to tread on your toes, though. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> you just compliment. <laughs> you'll you'll be all... teaching me a thing or two. So... <laughs> Freddie <laughs> might. Yeah. Next time I'm down, I'll, I'll quite happily jump in and uh, and have a chat with you at halftime. Anyway, if nothing else, so please do you know that would be great um any final questions marek to wrap it up uh not really no i'm uh, i'm totally happy i just really look forward to uh you know in the new world barry if you can get yourself down to itching and come and share a commentary with us that would certainly be an honor for me i'd love to yeah that'd be great yeah really looking forward to that i can't wait to the day i can attend a football match yeah. I, i'm sending yeah. one sunday i'm lucky i'm going in, i'm down at uh, prince's park at dartford for uh london city lions against uh Crystal Palace this weekend oh. so uh, I'm lucky I'm very lucky in that respect I'll be the only one there uh, commentating yeah. on that one if you want to join me 2 o'clock Sunday on the FA player absolutely well you go Barry Swain thanks so much for your time uh, next Monday we've got the biggest name in non-league football journalism Ollie Bayliss who knows every single thing about non-league football we're going to really pick his brains uh, in that one it's going to be a fascinating chat after that we've got Kane Smith the Boreham Woods right back tipped to go on to play at even higher levels uh, started out at Hitchin 
Uh, and then after that, we got Leif Youssef talking all things Arsenal, uh, Stevenage and Hitchin. So, Barry, thanks again. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, guys.